Oh, hello there. It's the titular Matt Stewart letting you know that I'm going to be in Sydney, Australia, and then Brisbane, Australia, doing uh, short runs of my show, Dryer Dryer. Sydney from the 8th to the 12th of May, Brisbane from the 16th to the 19th of May. Hey, but also, you might not know this, I'm doing a live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart in Sydney on the 13th of May and in Brisbane on the 14th of May. Holy moly, am I looking forward to these shows uh, please get tickets for all of these now. If you use the discount code do go on, that might work. I'm not sure, but worth a try. Really hope to see you there. Um, Sydney especially. Please come along. Brisbane also, though you're buying tickets earlier, better. Sydney lift, please. All right, I'll see you soon now. On with the show. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and this week I'm joined by friends and comedians Dave Warnicky and Kirsty Wiebeck. Hi, Dave. Hi, Kirsty. Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's a sweet harmony. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Should we, we form a trio? I guess. I mean, we hadn't even rehearsed. You're not going to believe us now because that was so beautiful. But <laughs> This is not the seventh take, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> totally off the cuff. I love it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dave, returning guests. And, it, you know, it hasn't taken you long. Thank you so much. Would you refer to me as the carryover champion? Uh, yes, I would if you had won. <laughs> I think I've been last. I think I've, I've never won. I've never if, won. If you'd either won and or been on the last episode. So I don't right. think either you didn't tick either of those boxes, unfortunately. Kirsty, okay. first time contender, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling confident and great. Um, would you refer to me as the carryover champion? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> You've lost this less times than me. <laughs> Never yeah. been on the show, but somehow the champion of them all. <laughs> yeah. Of the two of you, you are closer to the carryover champion, Dave. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that. you might be wondering what the show is, Kirsty. Is your first time here, and I haven't explained it to you. <laughs> at yeah, all? yeah. I mean, I yeah. The last thing I remember was being shoved into the booty of car. And <laughs> 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 now we're here at the Stupid Old Studios. Well, how the show works is I ask a question, and you two have to write a convincing fake answer. Then I read the fake answers as well as the real answer. And you have to guess which one you believe to be correct. Ooh. Okay, are we ready to play? Sounds tricky, yes. If it sounds complicated, it makes more sense as we go along, I found. Here is question one. All the questions are written by Patreon supporters of the show. And if you want to sign up, you can get involved at patreon.com slash dogoonpod. Uh, question number one comes from Kira Jacobson in Footscray. Oui. The question is... What is the definition of Widdershins? <laughs> what is the definition of Widdershins? Widdershins. How, how, do we, how are we spelling Widdershins? W-I-D-D-E-R-S-H-I-N-S. One word. Widdershins. Okay. Or Widdershins, maybe. This is so easy for me as an expert of Widdershins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the PhD in Widdershins. <laughs> That was probably the right, you're the wrong guest to ask this question for. 
<laughs> Not a PhD, Dave, just a double degree. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> so while they're... Politicians, an- love it. While they're writing their answers down, I'll explain to the listeners how the scoring works. Contestants get one point if the other contestant guesses their fake answer and another point if they correctly guess the answer. By the way, I'm also playing as the house. <gasps> boo. We boo the house, Kirsty. Boo the house. Boo. We don't have to boo the house. Boo. I'm, I'm trying to turn the, the world against the house. <laughs> I love how easy it was to <laughs> lure me into it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even hesitate. Like That sentence doesn't mean anything to me, but I was like, boo, like with such passion. <laughs> so, so I'm also playing, uh, and I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question. I get a point for each one that our guests choose. So each of the contestants, as well as me, can score up to two points per round. So it seems pretty fair. Though apparently a mathematician told me oh, I've still got the probability in my favour. But that's appropriate for the <laughs> yeah. house. Of course, the house, you know, it's always in your favour. The house always wins. The answers are in. How did you write your answer so quickly, well, well, of course, I know what a Wittishen is. That's, oh, that's, that's I see. <laughs> <laughs> I just copied the definition on Wittishens.com. Wait, you're not allowed to do that, Dave. That's... <laughs> Did I need to say in the rules that you can't Google the answers? Oh, oh my God, Dave. All right, I'm I'm stopping. Well, no, if we've the, got a cheater in our midst. In fairness, I run Wittishens.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's your homepage. Yeah, that was Don't have you open your phone. Mm-hmm. As soon as I opened it, it came up and I went, well, that's, I'll just copy and paste that. But next time I won't copy and paste. Okay, appreciate that. that. Dave Wittishens. <laughs> now it all makes sense. Yeah, you've, you've been pronouncing it wrong all these years. <laughs> The ornicky is silent. <laughs> and the editions is very loud. <laughs> the editions is invisible. The ornicky is silent. It's very complex, but English is one hell of a language. Exactly. <laughs> All right, here is question number one. What is the definition of Wittishens? Here are your five options. Wood whittling injuries. To move anti-clockwise. A breed of short-haired German retrievers. An old English term for shin splints or small tabs used to pull on Wellington boots. What, Dave, you had a little laugh in the middle there. Which one of those yeah. did you find humorous? Yeah. Oh, What's so funny, Dave Wittishens? Um, which Wittishens made me laugh the most? Can you say them again? I, can, I can't even think of them. Because they're all, I, I feel like these are all very believable. We're off to a hot start hot here. Hot strike here, yep. Wood whittling injuries. To move oh, yeah, it. Just wood whittling. That made me laugh. So spe- wood whittling. <laughs> so specific. Yeah. I don't even think I can say it. <laughs> yeah. Wood whittling injuries. I got whittishins from wood whittling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, when were you wood whittling? <laughs> was it on the weekend? <laughs> it was on Wednesday. <laughs> wood whittling injuries to, to move anti-clockwise, a breed of short-haired German retrievers, an old English term for shin splints, or small tabs used to pull on Wellington boots. Who wants oh to have the first goodness. stab at this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. I, I'd like to. Um, I'm. I'm going to go with the little tab little to pull on your Wellingtons. Pull your on the wellies. To pull on your wellies on Wednesdays. Fantastic. Okay. After you've had your <laughs> wood whittling injury. <laughs> <laughs> wood whittling. For me, it's between the dog and the shin splints. Okay. Well, what's the definition of shin splint again? Uh, an old English term for shin splints. I love it. I'm going for it. I've got some Wittishins. Wittishins. I've got some Wittishins. Pass the Wittishins, please. <laughs> All right. Now I will reveal who wrote which answer. Okay. Oh, drum wood, roll. Wood whittling injuries was written by Kira 
Our, oh, Kira. Uh, Oh, Kira, a real red herring from yes. Kira from Footscray. The woodwiddling was a red herring from the wordsmith. Uh, a breed of short-haired German retrievers, which Dave almost went for, was Kirsty's. Oh, I'm a sneaky devil. I know you love a dog, <laughs> but it nearly got me. An old English term for shin splints, which Dave went for. That was one of mine. So that's a point oh. for the house. Oh, boo. Small tabs used to pull on Wellington boots, which Kirsty picked. That was a Dave. Oh, Dave, you dog. Sorry. One point for Dave. No, will not apologize. Dave, you small German retriever. <laughs> uh, but the correct answer was to move anti-clockwise. Widdishans. What? Isn't that strange? How, how, how would you say that in a yeah. sentence? I need to uh, move Widdishans. And, and I'll explain a bit while you're... Um, Writing the next answer, yeah. <laughs> but but it's sort of they'll, they'll say something like um, it, it was a, a bit of an old timey thing, but it was seen as bad luck to go the wrong way around a church. Oh, she's running Widdishans around the church. Oh, you can't do that. Rich, you got to run clockwise around the church. I'll remember that next time I'm running around the church. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing a couple of laps. I needed you at nine o'clock this morning when I was running wildly anti-clockwise in the local church. It's extremely offensive. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm, I've offended everyone. <laughs> Terrible. Not look. least of all our Lord and Saviour. Widdishan. <laughs> Widdishan. <laughs> So that means after round one, the scores are Kirsty on zero, Dave on one, and the house on one as well. That pesky I house. Can we have a recount? <laughs> yes, so I don't we, like how gleeful you were when you said Kirsty on zero. <laughs> unfortunately, Kirsty on zero. That's Ooh. much more respectful. Dave, unfortunately, on one. And the house also on one point. Here comes question number two. Right. This one also comes from uh, locally. From Rachel Johnson in Melbourne. Question two is, what happened in Australia on the 21st of May, 1977? So, obviously, it's something noteworthy. <laughs> we don't want to hear that, you know, your auntie put the washing on the line. What, what, what happened in Australia on the 21st of May, 1977? Something noteworthy. And while you're writing your answers, here is some more info on Widdishans. Uh, this comes from the question writer, Kira. And also wikipedia.org, which is a great resource if you're looking for one online. It was considered unlucky in Britain to travel in an anti-clockwise uh, or not sunwise direction around a church. A number of folk myths make reference to this superstition. For example, Child Roland. Is that how you say that? No, that's an old author. Child Roland. Sure. 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 I'm looking at it. It looks like, yeah. Uh where the protagonist and his sister are transported to Elfland and after his sister runs Widdishans around the church. There's also a reference to this in Dorothy Sayers' novels, The Nine Tailors. Quote, He turned to his right, knowing that it is unlucky to walk around a church Widdishans. <laughs> it is also a reference in Cloud of Witness. Uh, quote, True, O King. And as this isn't a church, there's no harm in going round it, Widdishans. <laughs> I really hope I hope we can bring it back. I hope we can bring it back. Uh, and Robert Louis Stevenson's tale, The Song of the Morrow, an old crone on the beach dances Widdishans. Of course she would. She's an old crone. And you know, don't mind a bit of Widdishan action. <laughs> Same. 
he's in just waiting on Dave here. Okay, yeah, just, Dave, actually, I just lost consciousness waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've submitted. I've hit send. Let the, let the tape show. Whichever one is six paragraphs long, that's Dave's. <laughs> <laughs> what would your word limit be? Would you just keep reading if I'd, if I'd submitted it? And I'd be like, sorry, what was that fourth one again? Just keep reading. I'm just gently snoring. <laughs> Wake me up when it's over. <laughs> All right. So the question is, question number two, what happened in Australia on the 21st of May, 1977? A giant Norwegian Christmas tree arrived in Port Melbourne. Despite being five months early, it attracted a crowd of thousands. <laughs> okay. I hate it. <laughs> the birth of the first panda outside of China occurred at Sydney's Taronga Zoo. The eight-hour workday was legislated. Australia voted for Advance Australia Fair to be the national anthem. Ooh. Or Mick Flinger Donegan won the first disc golf championship in Australia. Flinger Donegan. Flinger. I'd love to marry into that family. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsty Flinger Donegan. <laughs> well, you, you marry into the family, you become a flinger. <laughs> I literally just said Flinger Donegan again. Fling a dong again. <laughs> Flinger Donegan. All right. Flinger Donegan. <laughs> I've lost it. We're so early in the pot and I'm beyond help. <laughs> so we've got... Do you need the, those again or are you... Uh, really quickly, really yes, quickly. Yes, please. This so is we so hard. The giant Norwegian Christmas tree that arrived early, attracting a crowd of thousands. <laughs> Birth of the first panda outside of China in Sydney. Oof. The eight-hour workday was legislated. Advanced Australia Fair was voted on to be the national anthem. Or Mick Flinger Donegan won the first disc golf championship in Australia. I love that And what was the so question much. again? What happened in Australia on the 21st of May, 1977? Oh, okay. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Just <laughs> trying to think about... So I think Kirsty went first last time, Dave, yeah. so maybe it's your turn here. I'm trying to think about when we changed that national anthem to that beautiful, rousing song, Advance <laughs> Australia Fair. Gert. Gert. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I, I, I Sometimes I think, geez, they only used Gert once in the song <laughs> and maybe they could have they could have found more they uses for it. They could have used it again. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Our, what is it? How does it, what does the line go again? Our, oh, our home is Gert by C. Yes. But is that C doing Widdershins around the country? Oh, my God. I <laughs> think because it's in the Southern Hemisphere, maybe it is. <laughs> the, the water goes the other way around. It's all going <laughs> Uh, Dave, what, what do you think? I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to ba- back that Peter Dodds McCormack classic advanced oh Australia Fair. Oh, the, the extra knowledge there. <laughs> yeah, do I get a point for that? Was almost as rousing as the song <laughs> yeah. itself. Also, he's Scottish, so very patriotic. Kirsty, do you have a, a stab here? Um, I will. I will because um, I think if I have an attempt at the answer, it will make for uh, more interesting listening. Yes. <laughs> What have no, you I'm going to skip this round. I'll pass on this one. Do you know? Uh, yeah, it is I think multiple I'm, choice. You just say A, B, C, D, or E. No, I'm, I'm actually done. Pass. I'm, I'm done for the day. Thanks. And you, um, can, you can, of course, uh, pick the same answer. You don't have to pick a different one. Oh well, okay. That's um, that's really throwing a curveball. But I would <laughs> never copy Dave Warnicky because he might have chosen that to throw me off the scent. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a real game player. Yeah, He's that's diabolical, a, Dave. Yeah, that's the 
low German retriever kind of move he'd make. Um, <laughs> short head. <laughs> short head, of course. Thank you. Naturally. Um, okay, I, I'm i going to go with the panda baby. Panda baby. And exclusively uh, because I love pandas. Okay. My yeah. favourite animal of all time. Oh, is it? Yes. They're adorable, aren't they? Fantastic selection. Oh, and they just munch bamboo all day. It's so cute. Yeah, it's like 16 hours a day or something. It's so cute. They're, and they're just helpless. I love that. They're so... Silly. I love watching movies of them like rolling yeah, around. Roll around. Like they're always like rolling down <laughs> hills. I love that. Well, this, I think they're supposed to be meat eaters, but they just can't catch anything. They just absolutely. Oh, so so cute. then they have to eat bamboo, and because it's so nutritionally deficient, they just have to eat, you know, kilos of it per day just to stay alive. Wow. And they're just that, eating it because it's just there in its head. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I suppose I'll eat <laughs> 60 kilos of this again. And is it the kind of thing that if it wasn't for human interference, they'd just die out now? Be almost certainly. Wow. Just because they're so slack. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm, yeah. I'd be a panda, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a question, Kirsty. Yeah, lock it in. <laughs> um, Can you please walk in and see Kirsty would be a panda? <laughs> and I'd be Advanced Australia Fair. All right. So let's go through the answers here. Uh, a giant Norwegian Christmas tree arrived in Port Melbourne. <laughs> Despite being five months early, I added. I had to add that in. I sh- I, there was a word missing there in that, the paragraph. That Dave actually, wrote. it makes much more sense. I meant to say five months late. Okay, which I think would be much funnier. Yeah, right. The fact that people turn up for a Christmas tree five months <laughs> yeah. late. Yeah, I was trying to work backwards with yeah. the five months, and From I was May. like, this seems the weird. The problem is I don't read them out until I'm reading them. So I missed the when word there was late, a missed though. word there. I'm like, I had to think but, quick and. But put of it course, early. I can't say. Don't you mean late? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and you've got a and you've got a terrible poker face too, because you did like a little chuckle where I was like, oh, he oh, knows, did I? Oh, no. he knows. <laughs> oh no! Anyway, Dave wrote that one. Um, what a very obscure, Dave? But good on you. Thank you so much. I Thank you it. for participating. Trying my hardest over you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the eight-hour workday was legislated. That was written by Kirsty. I thought that was a very believable one. Very. Thank believable. you. That's that's what I went for. Believable. Uh, I, pr- I appreciate you. I think that's a good strategy. Yeah, I went for in- insane. Yeah, the Norway Christmas tree, great. <laughs> <laughs> that's my feedback, great. Mick Flinger Donegan uh, winning the first disc golf championship in Australia. That was written by me. <laughs> Did you make that surname up or is it a real surname? No, oh, the surname's real, I believe, Donegan. Don- I think it's an, an Irish surname. Oh, it's Flinger the nickname. Flinger's the nickname. I thought the whole surname was Flinger Donegan. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it. Again, I just said fling a dog again. <laughs> that's, that's why I said to you, oh, you inherit the flinger as well when you married to the family. <laughs> I literally I was like the whole family gets the nickname. Yeah, Kirsty, today well, you become now. a flinger. <laughs> In my mind's eye, I was spelling it out and I'm like, fling a dog again. <laughs> Not even hyphenated. <laughs> I guess it's Norwegian, probably from the same area as the Christmas trees. Absolutely. That's you, okay. In my defence, you weren't pausing a tiny bit. Okay. Like, what's the first name? Mick. Okay, so you've got to say Mick Flinger Donegan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say it over about a three-week period. <laughs> Week one, first name. Week two, that's when we move on to the nickname. Just for people like me who just cannot cope with the fact his name's Flinger Donegan. Flinger Donegan. But I'm also I'm not a I'm not a great enunciator. Uh, so that leaves two answers remaining, including the correct one. Ooh. And that includes... So the two that you selected 
Either the panda or the Advanced Australia Fair. <sighs> the birth of the first panda. That was written by the house, Kirsty. I Me hate the house. Me too. Dave got the correct answer. It was when Australia voted for Advanced Australia Fair. Okay. The national I'm, I'm sad to be uh, wrong because, or right, because I wanted the panda to be right and I wanted the house to be wrong. Mm. We I should team up against great. the house, don't you think? Take this I'm trying. I was teaming up against the house. <laughs> Isn't that what we were already doing? We should form an alliance. Aren't we already in one? Yeah, I'm doing my best. All right, that brings us to question number three. And this one comes from Eli Fisher from Houston, Texas. Ooh. On the back of that great made-up Frisbee golfer, Mick Flinger Donegan, I thought we could go with a nickname question. And this one comes from Eli Fisher. And the question is, what was the nickname of NBA basketball player... Purvis Ellison. <laughs> what was the nickname of No, who? Dave. <laughs> whatever you're thinking, no. Basketball player Purvis Ellison. Dave, whatever you're thinking, yes. Uh, <laughs> Dave, no. <laughs> the angel We're meant to be teaming up against the house. <laughs> no, no, Listen right. to me. <laughs> so while you're writing your answers, I'll let the listeners know a little bit more about Australia voting for its national anthem. A plebiscite to choose the national song was held as an optional question in the 1977 referendum. On the 23rd of May, the government announced the results. Advance Australia Fair received 43.29% of the vote, defeating the three alternatives. Waltzing Matilda, which had 28.28% of the vote. The Song of Australia, 9.65%. And the existing national anthem, God Save the Queen, at 18.78%. It wasn't until the 19th of April 1984 that it was adopted as the Australian National Anthem by the Labor government of Bob Hawke. Most Australians don't know the lyrics to the second verse of the song, but according to Rachel, our question writer, it was originally a four-verse song, as Dave said, written by a Scot- Scottishman, Scotsman. Uh, when it was officially made the National Anthem in 1984, it was changed and reduced to just two verses, and a few words were changed as well. The original had had uh, uh, terms like Royal, uh, Britannia rules the waves and stuff like that. And it, it referenced Scottish people and Irish people <laughs> and it had a lot of... A de- yeah, they filled in a lot of detail, I think. I think he wrote what he had for breakfast that day was first two. <laughs> Britannia rules the waves sounds like terrible ye olde graffiti. <laughs> like on the back of a toilet wall. <laughs> Br- Britannia rules the world. Yes. Was he? <laughs> right. Write a letter to this person for a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Message in a bottle for a good time. All right. Here's question number three. <laughs> It's fun to put one, a message in a bottle. You'll have a good time. You'll have a really good time. <laughs> what was the nickname of NBA basketballer Purvis Ellison? Okay, here are your options. Spud, Perfect, The Slippery Eel, Pistol Perv, or Never Nervous Purvis? Oh, that's good. So you have Purvis Spud Ellison... Perfect, per- perfect Purvis Ellison, Purvis the Slippery Eel Ellison, Purvis Pistol Perv Ellison, which is, fuck, that's good fun, and uh, Never Nervous Purvis Ellison. What do you reckon? What about um, Flinger Dong again? <laughs> Lock it in. 
Lock it in. Sorry, and or option six. <laughs> fling a dong again. <laughs> Purvis, fling a dong again, Ellison. <laughs> Kirsty, what are you thinking? Any of those sticking out to you? Perfect Ellison. It's not quite good enough, is it? Perfect Purvis. You think perfect, perfect Purvis perfect is like... Perfect isn't good enough? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just got to the heart of Kirsty's psyche there. <laughs> what a nightmare to be in a relationship with Kirsty. Here's your dinner. Well, it's not good enough. It's, it's perfect, but it's not quite there. I need better than perfect. And then you just fling it on the floor like Donegan would. <laughs> you frisbee it into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish he was a real person. Oh. Mick Flinger Donegan. <laughs> oh, no. It's so good. It, that'll be my takeaway from this pod. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, look, what I mean is perfect Purvis is shit for a nickname. It's not catchy right. enough. It's yeah. Not, yeah, it's not catchy enough. Like, it would never catch on. Right. Um, slippery Eel, on the other hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, no one's catching that. <laughs> no one's catching it. Uh, and then what do we have? Spud. Spud is which... classic. It's one of my favourite footballers of all time that have that nickname. Okay. Yeah. Is that an insight also, to the house? Uh, or it could be. Maybe the house wrote that inspired by the Danny house's... Frawley. Well, I Because he, he like... grew up on a potato farm. Oh, okay. What I like about Spud as well for... Um, Perfect Purvis. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just putting all the nicknames together for him. What I like about it, though, is that it's a bit of a red herring. Oh. Like, because we've got a bit of alliteration happening with, yeah, like, that's the Perfect just... Purvis and whatever. Yep. And eel the Ellison. And, eel Ellison. Yep. and then what else did we have? Um, never was, Nervous Purvis. We've got a rhyme there. You've either got alliteration or, or is, rhymes is for the good. rest. I like that one. And what's that's, the other one? Uh, Pistol Perv. Pistol Perth. <laughs> Which is also fantastic. I'm, I'm a big fan of all these. Spud's great. Do Americans do uh, the, the um, what do you call it when it's the, the ironic nickname? You know, like, oh, like in red, Australia, it's pretty big, bluey for, bluey for red. red and yeah. yeah. Spud when you're a gun. Or maybe, maybe he's just a, you know, he's from Idaho, which is big. Spud country. Yeah, big spud country. I talk about um, this on uh, podcasts all the time, but my favourite ever T-shirt, which I've lost somewhere. I've heard a lot about was this was a t-shirt. hand-me-down T-shirt from my uncle. And I don't really understand it, but it's a cartoon of a potato on a banana lounge kicking back with sungla- pink sunnies on. And it says Idaho Spuds Club. And I just, I want it, I want it back. So if any listeners have seen my shirt, (laughs) it's been missing for about 10 years. (laughs) Do you have to always resist the temptation to call it Spudaho? Oh, I never have before. (laughs) You've changed his life? (laughs) Spudaho. So Um, so what are you you thinking here, Kirsty? You're leaning towards Spud, are you? I am leaning towards Spud, but then... Spud, perfect, slippery eel, pistol perv, or never nervous. I'm going to go with slippery eel. Slippery eel. Ooh, I know it's controversial. Man. It's not very catchy, but there's a few red herrings in there. I also was thinking about slippery eel. I was thinking about it. Okay. Slippery but eel Ellison does have a bit of a ring yeah, to it. And eel. you can you also, in the context of a, a basketball game, you're slipping through the cracks. Hard like, to defend. Hard to defend against, yeah. 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 
Yeah. But I also love never nervous purvis because it's so long. Never nervous <laughs> like, purvis. If you're so, imagine you're looking out. <laughs> I'm free. Never nervous, nervous purvis. purvis. <laughs> or the commentator. <laughs> Shaq passes to never nervous purvis. <laughs> <laughs> never nervous purvis holds, holds, goes for the shot. It's a three. Never nervous purvis is scored. <laughs> and it doesn't make it any easy to be like NNP. Yeah. NNP yeah. has the yeah. ball. That's right. NNP is just as cumbersome, if yeah. not worse. <laughs> because it's so bad, it's so yep. good, and it's being locked in right now. Fantastic. Never nervous, I mean, Purvis. Go on for I'd, it. If I, if I were called Purvis, I would want that one to be mine. <laughs> You're trying to spread that? I yeah. Never, have you noticed that I never sweat? I'm never nervous, yeah. for example. Yeah, hi, my name's Purvis, but everyone calls me never nervous. Never nervous. Purvis. If he has avoided the nickname Perv or Pistol Perv, he's done well, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You're steering everybody <laughs> You're away from yeah, Perv. Yeah. No, 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 I don't. Let's not worry about <laughs> Perv. No, no, no. If he were in Australia, he'd be Perv 100%. Yeah. Perv. Oh, yeah. yeah. P- he'd people be call Grub or... Grub or like Perv Hughes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do that thing where you extrapolate from the name. So it'd be like Purvis. All right, we've all started calling him Perv. Yeah. And then like within a few weeks, it'd be like Predator. they <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow, you're a real hunter. No. <laughs> There's two kinds of nicknames in Australia. There's that one that you've, you know, you have to write a thesis on how you got from your original name to there. Yes. Or there's the one that's just putting an O or a Y at yeah, the end of your name. Yeah, it's maximum. Pervy. It's maximum effort on no effort yeah. at all. Yeah, that's absolutely. At school, yeah. I was Stewie. You know, it's like. Come on, guys. Do I not mean anything to you for you to have come up <laughs> with a, a weird, cumbersome nickname? I'm sure I've told you about this before, Matt. At the project when I worked there, my nickname in the office was Cheese because on the first day I worked there, someone came up and said, we know who you look like. And I was like, is it Steve Bashimi? And he went, yeah, it is. And another guy goes, he looks like Bechamel. What do you mean? And someone goes, Bechamel, that's a cheese sauce. Let's call him cheese. Per- see? Oh, this is a perfect example. First day I'm there and I thought this will never stick. Six years later, post-production was still calling me cheese. That's Jeez. amazing. That is a perfect example yeah. of this. <laughs> the perfect perfect example. Uh, pistol purvis. <laughs> that apparently, I was uh, read... John Cleese's autobiography recently, and that was his his dad's actual surname was Cheese, but he changed. He's like no. he was sick of getting teased about it, so he changed the H to an L. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that's a fun I fact. I didn't know that Cheese was even a surname. No, no, no. But he did. It's funny. You got the chance to change it, and you've changed it to a name that everyone's going to give you the nickname Cheese anyway. Yes. Probably change it away from that. He's like, yeah. I'll call myself uh, Cheddar. Yeah, well, I'll call myself Tasty Cheddar. <laughs> Nothing cheesy about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here, here's who gave these answers. Spud, which I loved. And I loved how Kirsty played this because that was Kirsty's answer. Oh, let's think more about... Did you lock in your own answer? Well, do you know what what happened? I'm going to tell you something so funny. I started like, I started trying to like coerce you into thinking Spud could be it. But then halfway through, I forgot what I was doing and I almost locked it in. And then I, and then I remembered that's, that's that so I'd forgotten it. You're so convincing. You're like, I reckon this is right. I it's tricked spud. myself. Brilliant. I was like, do you know what? It is Spud. No. No, hang, hang on. Brilliant. Fantastic. Uh, perfect Purvis Ellison was written by The House. No one picked that one. Boo, per- The House. Boo, Boo. We've teamed up against The House. Yes. Pistol Perv was written by Dave. Couldn't, couldn't shy away from the perv. Okay. The Slippery Eel was written by the house, Kirsty, which is what you went for. Boo, 
I was meant to be teaming up against the house. I'm sorry. That was a that was a fun one because uh, Eli wrote eel as a suggestion so when people write their answers they can suggest some fake answers as well and i really punched up by putting slippery in there. oh yeah so you and eli that were was a, a team a combination and we got you wow you the power of me, me and eli you together and eli or is it ely <laughs> <laughs> got him <laughs> so that means that dave again has got the correct answer with never nervous purpose oh, i think the key here is to lock into the stupidest one <laughs> Apparently, because you two are giving such good answers, and a lot often the you know we're picking silly ones. So. Yes, uh, such good answers. For example, uh, hey, Norwegian Christmas tree, in five yes. months. Exactly. No, that not that was rubbish. That was rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that's only up from here. Yeah, that's right. But pistol perv, we're P- back. We're pistol back. perv was good. So that means I think. All th- first three rounds have gone the same way. Dave's picked the correct answer. No, is that right? And no, Kirstie's picked one of the houses. Did I get one the first one? Each round it's been, I believe it's one point to the house, one point to Dave. No, no to I Kirstie. didn't get the first one because that was uh, counterclockwise, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. I, yeah, do you think the we first could one stop you picked the house and Kirsty picked yours? So that, but it has been one point to Dave oh, and the house each sorry. time. Yeah, do you, th- do you reckon we could stop fixating on the scores <laughs> so much? So, do we need a score update at the end of every round? Or? Yeah, well, I didn't actually. I, I didn't realise it was going to be scored. Actually, <laughs> yeah. um. in a lot of ways, the scores don't really matter here, Kirsty. Though, I'll, yeah, but in, in yeah. some ways, they do. Well, can we do, just well, emphasise that? The uh, only score that I care about today is the friends that we've made yes, along the way. Right. So awesome. And I'm on three. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so far in the games we've played so far, the whoever scores the least has normally been the most entertaining. So, you know. So I'm, yeah, on, sure. so I'm on minus three. Yeah, so I'm, uh, yes. Okay, I get it. So what I'm lacking in points, I'm making up for in charisma. Everyone's a winner here. Yeah. <laughs> and also I heard a vicious rumour that the winner is going to have a horrible accident in the stairwell yeah. after. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I can only hope that the house is prepared for that. <laughs> Sometimes nervous warnicky. I thought we were teaming up against the house. Yeah, the gonna... house can't win. Well, they can if we're going to attack them in the stairwell. <laughs> Bit of of mob justice. (laughs) (laughs) We're up to question four. This is bringing us up to the halfway mark here. Okay. Siraj Pierce from Melbourne uh, writes the following question. Which of these is a real bird? So basically you've just got to make up a bird species. So just invent a bird species, whatever it is, and one of these will be real. While you're writing your answers, here's some more info about never nervous purvis. Oh, please. Purvis Ellison was a high sought after college player. He was even the first pick of the 1989 draft. Unfortunately, a series of injuries never allowed him to live up to his expectations, and he was given a second nickname of Out of Service Purvis. No! <laughs> He's like, no, 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 we were happy with Never Nervous. We were happy I with love that. that. And when he got made redundant from the local Woolies, he was called Self Service Purvis. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'd rather work in the deli. (laughs) (laughs) Hotel, room service, (laughs) pools, delivering trays. (laughs) And we wish him well. Hopefully, he's doing well out there. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, I really hope he's he's all right. 
Yeah, me too. The perv. <laughs> Pistol perv. Pistol perv. Fantastic. The perv. <laughs> All right. Here is question number four. Which of these is a real bird? Hawk-eyed owl? The really hot pheasant? Queasel-headed parrot? <laughs> Queasel. Fairy parrot wren? Or the white-bellied go-away bird? <laughs> So you got the hawk, <laughs> you got the hawk-eyed owl, the really hot pheasant, the queasel-headed parrot, the fairy parrot wren, or the white-bellied go-away bird. It's funny. Some of the rounds we've had all believable answers. This is the first one where we've got maybe no believable answers, but one of these is a real bird. I no, there's a couple. There's a few in here that are a few are real birds. I, well, as far as I know, only one of these are. Unless one of you have stumbled upon something beautiful, and maybe you have. <laughs> All right, Dave, I think this is your... You get first crack here. Okay, um, queasel. I knew you were going to start there. I'm just obsessed with that word. How do you spell queasel? Q-U-E-E-Z-L-E. <laughs> Absolutely not. Queasel-headed <laughs> parrot? Queasel-headed parrot, yes. I mean... Pop goes to queasel. <laughs> it's not spelt that way. Queasel. The queasel-headed parrot. Imagine David Attenborough saying that. I'm going to be... Uh, that's going to be my new, like, road rage insult. Yeah. Like, when someone cuts me off, yeah. I'm going to hang out the window and go, you queasel-headed parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? How do you spell that? <laughs> They'll be like, nah, it's not spelled that way. <laughs> You'll confuse them long enough to slow down and Queasel start. headed parrot. Okay. And thinking about the road. Yeah, thinking about how to drive better. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The Which is all I want. <laughs> so we had hawk eyed Hawk eyed owl. owl. Really hot pheasant. Okay. Queasel headed parrot. Fairy parrot wren. Or the white bellied go away bird. Go away. Is go away one word? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. It's two words. <laughs> go away bird. Go away bird. Slinger Donegan. <laughs> you needed to learn to pause between these words. You didn't pause for long Go away is the nickname. The white bellied first name. Go away, nickname. Bird, bird. surname. As all birds. Bird. Uh, so if you marry into that family, you become a bird. You become a go away bird. <laughs> if you marry into that family, you become a bird. I mean, ideally, you'd already be a bird. You yeah, creep. There's, some, there's some real issues here. Oh, you think it's water weird? Oh, come on, you think it's weird to marry a bird? No, I've I heard d- it all. I don't. I actually genuinely think that, um, like the you know the fairy wren. Like the little, um, like the Beautiful little blue bird. ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I reckon if I were a bird, I'd definitely hook up with one of those. So <laughs> that is a magnificent bird. Yeah. Dave and I fell in love with the common Irish magpie oh when we were God. in Dublin. That is a beautiful Their bird. Their magpies are so hot. And over there, beautiful. they seem as pests. But we were over there going, Look at these fucking birds. Yeah. Not bad. We were mesmerised. <laughs> we, we're, we're taking videos with it. We're loving it. You're like, she's a 10, but she's a magpie. <laughs> Ma- Irish magpie? That's an 11. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. So you, you're you thinking queasel-headed parrot? I can't get over it. I know Kirsty thinks I'm... Uh, stupid for doing this But I'm going to lock in Queasel headed I, I don't think that at all um, You're putting words Into my mouth I will always Respect your decisions Dave <laughs> Thank you so much Lock in <laughs> Queasel headed parrot And Kirsty, What are you thinking? Um, I'm going to go With The white bellied Go away <laughs> I see you've, you've both <laughs> gone with the same strategy of them going for the most ridiculous sounding one. Yep. And it was a line ball between those two, let's be honest. They were. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really a coin toss. And Dave tossed that coin for me by choosing. <laughs> <laughs> I chose Queasel. <laughs> My hands were tied. All right. You had to go away. So here are the answer writers. <laughs> yeah. Hawkeye Owl was written by the house. Boo. That one nearly tricked me. I, I put that because I'm like, gotta have a gotta have a believable one. In. So my yeah. strategy is I, I put two in each time, often with the help of the the question writers. But one is meant to be ridiculous, and one is meant to be believable. Yeah. Because um, I'm you, you can't you know you want some silly answers, but yeah. sometimes you know it's hard to know. It's hard to know which one people go for. So Hawkeye Owl was the believable one that the house wrote. Didn't get a sniff. No, no sniff. Uh, the Really Hot Pheasant. That was written by Dave. Inspired by that magpie in Ireland. <laughs> yes. That, that's, oh, that was hot that's bird. Fair enough. That's, that's fair enough. Uh, I did. I almost waved and went with that. No way. Yeah, I did. Because, <laughs> yeah, especially because it. Yeah, like really hot. That's really so funny. Hot pheasant. Yeah, just like, like imagine if it was like like at the beginning, like P H W R A R. Really hot pheasant. The fairy. The fairy parrot parrot wren that was written by Kirsty. I loved it. Believable. Very believable. Well, you think that's like a fairy wren, but it's. Yeah, parrot. it's got a parrot. It's got a par- yeah. It's definitely got a parrot beak. <laughs> yep. Um, very camp bird. I think that goes without saying. <laughs> a beautiful bird. So are you thinking like it's got the like a rainbow color of a, yeah, a yeah. parrot? Yeah, absolutely. In oh the size goodness. of a fairy wren. Yep. Holy shit, that is that's a hot bird. That's, make, a hot bird. that is that's a really hot <laughs> <Yeah>. bird. <laughs> that's why they don't exist because we wouldn't be able to handle them. Yeah, too hot. Too hot. Too so, hot to live. So that leaves us with just your two. Guesses. Oh, One yeah. of those is correct. Here we go. Ooh. The queasel headed parrot was written by the house, meaning the white bellied <laughs> go away bird is correct. Oh my gosh! She's back, baby! <laughs> well done. The white bellied go away. And also, well done to the house. Credit where credit's due. The queasel. So good. <laughs> it was just a gibberish word. Yeah. <laughs> Try and make it sound like a. a, a I love how much. Credit you're giving to the house <laughs> for the most ridiculous <laughs> word I've ever heard. Oh, come on, Queasel. You're like, well, that one was really believable. So good job, house. Do, do you, what? Could I name my child that? Queasel. Yeah, Queasel. That's up for grabs. Queasel Warnicky. Queasel. I wanna, I wanna hear about you yelling out in road rage. You Queasel-headed parrot. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it on the news tonight. <laughs> Footage of me just going off on Punt Road on my way home. You quasal headed <laughs> But yeah, the white bellied go away bird. Brilliant. Oh. A brilliant find by Suraj. Yeah, hot yes. bird. That is a hot bird. A hot bird. Oh, the, oh, look at the hair I'm on not, it. I'm not telling that bird to go away. No. Yeah. Let me tell you no, that. No, that bird can eat crackers in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what are you doing for breakfast? <laughs> oh. How do you like your eggs? In the nest, mate. Okay? <laughs> Leave them be. Oh, you're taken. So sorry. So sorry. In the nest, you sicko. <laughs> All right. Question for... And it would be Dave, too. Dave, leave the eggs where they are, mate. Yeah, leave them there. Sorry, everyone. You're, on like you're a too big for this in the nest. <laughs> Pistol perv. <laughs> question five comes from Josh Curry in Preston in England. Great question. Love this question. In 1923, racehorse Sweet Kiss crossed the line first in a steeplechase at Elmont in New York. But officials weren't sure whether to award first place to her rider, Frank Hayes. Why not? So Frank Hayes on the top of Sweet Kiss 
won a race in 1923 in New York, but after the race, officials weren't sure whether or not to give Frank Hayes first prize or not. Why not? What happened? And it's Sweet Kiss. Sorry, Frank Hayes was the... Jockey. Um, the jockey. That's right. So while you were writing those answers, and that's back in 1923, um, I don't know if that helps or not. While you're writing your answers, here's a bit more information on the white-bellied go-away bird. According to wikipedia.org, this species averages 51 centimetres or 20, 20 inches in length. Its long pointed grey and black tail with a white median band is characteristic of the species. It has a white underwing patch visible in flight. The adult has a grey head and leading to a, a dark grey to blackish pointed crest with an approximate length of 6 centimetres. The belly and undertail coverts are white, giving the bird the first part of its name, white-bellied. Oh. The bill is black in male, pea-green in the female, becoming yellowish during the breeding season. That's, now, that's freaking hot. <laughs> uh, females also tend to be larger, weighing 225 to 250 grams, whereas males only weigh 170 to 225 grams. I've added in a bit of extra info here because I thought it might have taken you longer to write these ones. Typical calls are a nasal, ha, 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 <laughs> like bleating of sheep. Is that how a sheep bleeds? Ha, 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 maybe more like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Get Is that a sheep bleating? Ha, 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 Guess the animal with Matt Stewart. <laughs> Baby goat? A duck? He was right. <laughs> About everything. That is... Guess the animal... I think there's two good games there. One, guess the animal with Matt Stewart, because I think you'd be really uh, really good at it. Yeah, you would. And the other one would be three people all reading the description of a bird call and having a go and seeing who was the most accurate. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah that'd be fun. Go down the line, then you play and you go, no, nah, Kirsty was the best of that. <laughs> So, <laughs> I would be too. So, yeah. so I'm very good at bird sounds. <laughs> it's typical calls are a nasal ha ha ha, like a bleeding of a sheep. <laughs> Man, if I Not heard dissimilar. that, if I heard that on a PA system, I'd evacuate a building. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, we got to get to the car park. But the other thing it does, and this is where it gets the rest of its name, it it lets out a single or repeated go away. This distinctive call is where it gets the rest of its name. It's a, so it's a white-bellied go-away bird because it, it says go away. That is incredible. <laughs> it flies from tree to tree in loose, straggling groups calling loudly, go away, go away. <laughs> that's good fun. That that's is fun. great Where fun. I come from, that's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> no denying. Go away. That's me when I'm trying to go to the bathroom. And my dog's like trying to get in the room with me, <laughs> which away. is every time. Yeah, I'm like, go away, go away. <laughs> that must be why I got the answer right, because I identify with that species of bird. Uh, have, you, have you ever thought about trying to uh, scare your pup away by just going, ha, ha, ha? <laughs> oh, you mean like a, like a sheep? Like a sheep, doing a sheep impression. <laughs> yeah, so that she immediately evacuates the building. <laughs> <laughs> and her bowels. <laughs> Especially her bowels. <laughs> hey, um, I don't mean to get bogged down in this, but there wasn't a great deal of fanfare for me getting <laughs> on the board. No, I, that was fair. I should do a quick score you update. Even, yes, it was the please. one time he'd ignored yes, the scores. I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so an update on the scoreboard. Kirsty with one point. Woo! Oh, yeah. Dave with... <laughs> 
<laughs> Damn Damn here, man. <laughs> and they're leaving the house out in front on four points. Boo. Both of you together. No, no, Dave's on three. Oh, and you're on four? Yeah. Oh, boo, weren't we boo. teaming up against you? Yes, but if you add our <laughs> sc- scores together, we're that's the same right, as the that, house. That's right, which you oh. you can do, I guess. Thank you. Sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll try and beat the, the house cumulatively. My mood changed so rapidly then. <laughs> I was like, oh, sucked in. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, here is question... Number five. Oh, the horse. In 1923, racehorse Sweet Kiss crossed the line first in a steeplechase event at Elmont, New York. But officials weren't sure whether to award first place to her rider, Frank Hayes. Why not? Is it he died during the race? He was actually a woman dressed as a man and women weren't allowed to race horses back then. He was 0.2 kilograms over the weight limit. He started riding one horse, September Rain, and finished the race on top of Sweet Kiss. Or he cheated. As it turned out, Sweet Kiss wasn't a real horse. (laughs) Was it a camel? What? (laughs) It was a go away bird. (laughs) (laughs) He's riding a 250 gram bird. (laughs) It wasn't a real horse. It wasn't a real horse. It was four (laughs) orphan stressed (laughs) horses. And obviously, you've got one horse, you've got four orphans. Orphans, they're always going to be that horse. <laughs> so you got what? died during the race, was actually a woman dressed as a man, was 0.2 kilos over the weight limit, started riding one horse, September Rain finished the race on top of Sweet Kiss, or he cheated as it turned out, Sweet Kiss <laughs> wasn't a real horse. <laughs> Um, so I think, uh, Kirsty, we might be back to you for first dibs here. Oh no! I really <laughs> wanted to be guided by the banter. All right, I'm going to knock out the "it wasn't a real horse." Okay, interesting. Okay. Um, mostly because Matt <laughs> keeps going <laughs> when he's reading it out. You're like old poker face Stuart strikes again. I'm not a great, yeah, I don't have the best poker face. It's very face, funny though. But I'm, I'm trying to picture it. what that means, you know? Yeah. yeah. Was so it many... mechanical? Yeah. <laughs> it was a car. Must have been... <laughs> was it a car? How did it get into the gates <laughs> and then dog. get through the whole race <laughs> yeah. without anyone noticing? Imagine, it? imagine that it, it crosses the line and they inspect it and they're like, do you know what? We've had our team of experts come down onto the field and we're pretty sure that's a motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> Horses don't normally have an exhaust pipe, do they? <laughs> or do they? I forget. We've had our vet examine the, <laughs> the exhaust pipe. She's never seen one like that before. <laughs> We've had our vet examine the exhaust pipe. <laughs> None of the other horses have exhaust pipes. <laughs> so either it's the only real horse yeah. <laughs> or it's not a real horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't even know that horses did steeple chases. Isn't no, that's the that the Olympic event where they have to jump over like hurdles and then there's pools of oh. water? Are these horses like <laughs> going through challenges? I think this Mutants. is an old timey one. Oh no, maybe it's a, more of an English thing. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, all 
I think that it sounds like it would be, you know, they talk about horse racing as being pretty rough on the horses sometimes. Although I've noticed there's a big campaign going on at the moment from racing in Australia where they're doing, I'm hearing ads on the radio going, geez, we treat our horses well. <laughs> <laughs> our horses are living in luxury. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Just ask them. <laughs> Unfortunately, our horses don't speak. <laughs> yeah. But if they could, they would say something like this. I love racing. I'm only happy when I'm racing. Do you enjoy your conditions? Nay. Hang on, hang on. What did he say? <laughs> so you've ruled out one. There's four other Yeah. Or, okay, here. just really quickly. I won't, I won't um, you know, I won't uh, get stuck in the weeds for too long on this. <laughs> but the, the reason I'm ruling out number five is because it's not a superior thing to a horse. Like if it were a donkey race right. and then and then it was like it yes. wasn't a real donkey, I'd be like, oh, well, they would have upgraded to a horse. But you're not going to like trick everyone and ride a cow. Yeah. yeah. Or, or a cheetah. Yeah. or Oh, yeah. Or a cheetah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> on, on our other show, on Dave and my other show, uh, Do Go On, I once told the story of a, a horse being swapped in for another horse and that they painted it. To match the colours and stuff. It was a real shambles. They painted it with house paint. And it, it sweated it off and it was all found out. <laughs> but, you know, that's swapping a horse for another horse. And even they didn't get away with that. But yeah. let alone not a real horse. Anyway, yeah. that's good fun. Yeah. So you're ruling that one out. Um, all right, I'm ruling that one out. And so then what have we got? You got died um, during the race. Uh, was a woman dressed as a man, was over the weight limit or switched horses mid-race? Okay, I reckon it's either... Slightly over the weight limit or a woman dressed as a man just because that's badass and I'd love to think it was that. Woman dressed as a man dressed as a horse. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually a woman dressed as a man dressed as a horse. (laughs) It was a Shakespearean race. (laughs) (laughs) It was a pantomime race. I Okay, I'm going to go with just... I'm allocating just one extra point to it. I'm going to go with it was a woman dressed as a man, woman dressed, as a horse. dressed as a horse, dressed as a badger. <laughs> well, she's okay, good. so not a real horse. Is it your lucky number? Dave, what are you thinking? I am thinking that he died. He died, great. He died during the race. The 20s, you know? That's, like, everyone horse, was dying back then. The horse would keep going. Just. Yeah. All right. I love that. That's brutal, though. Like, if you die, they're like, "Well, not the not the real winner." <laughs> yeah. Like, you should still get to win, especially Absolutely. if you've managed to die while your thighs are gripping the body of a large mammal. Mm. Like, that's that impressive. That rigor I, setting in. Yeah. Well, I just thought that like you'd get all loosey goosey like at oh, the moment yeah. that you died, but to think that somebody's still clenching as oh, they as they leave this wonder, mortal coil. But maybe that's part of it. He died, fell off, and the horse just kept going. It does that count? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll. Anyway, should we? We, we should be. Should we have our own detective show? We should. Okay? I think Let's get into it. I think you two could get to the bottom Could of we things. Solve exclusively horse-related <laughs> mysteries. I think between the two of you, you've got nearly every question right. Um, they've been doing a bit of the heavy lifting there, but um, um, <laughs> brutal. I beg your pardon. I mean, recent history obviously <laughs> disagrees with that. All right. So uh, he cheated. As he ter- it turned out. He wasn't a real horse. That was written by the house. <laughs> <laughs> so you laughed at your own little thing. Well, it was not mine, but I just, I just, ne- I hadn't, 
um, fully considered how ridiculous that was <laughs> until I was reading it out. It's so funny. I knew you'd written it. You get that little glint in your eyes. No, I don't think I... I, I believe that was a Josh Curry, but I, I did love it anyway. And um, the Switching Horses mid-race from September Rain to Sweet Kiss, that was written by Dave. Thank you. It was actually well written, but inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> how did he do it? How did he do it? <laughs> <laughs> like he's like elbowed off one jockey and just jumped aboard his horse. That's so good. Um, he was just over the weight limit. That was Kirsty's, which was very believable. Oh, yes, because you nearly locked that in again. Gosh, you're That's good. good. Aren't I tricky? Gosh, yeah. you're good. And also, um, can we just have one quick moment to pump up my tyres since I'm flailing? Um, what about how good I am at writing believable ones? Oh, yeah, very good, believable if, writing ones. If we could just take one moment to <laughs> give uh, me compliments on the back of the compliment yeah, I gave I'll, myself. I'll compliment you, but I'll also say I'll never trust you again. <laughs> <laughs> very reasonable. <laughs> so, again, uh, one of the two of your guesses is correct. Uh, Frank... Being actually a woman dressed as a man was written by the house. Oh, I hate the house. <laughs> so the correct answer was he died during the race. <laughs> he died. Frank. Frankie. Wow. Oh, Frankie. <laughs> it's so rough to not award him. I've yeah, got, it's rude. I've got a, a big chunk of an article about it I'll read out while you're writing your next que- uh, answers. Question number six. All right. Uh, did you want a score update again, Kirsty? Did I? Do a score want- update? No. Nah, no, 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 we're good. Nah, I'll nah. just uh, just quickly curse on one. Dave on four, house on five. No, six. I said no. Anyone's game. <laughs> Can you edit that bit out? <laughs> so question six comes from Michelle Lineberger from Boston, Massachusetts, I believe is how that's said. <laughs> Absolutely. Nicknamed the angry man of jazz, upright bassist, pianist, composer, and band leader, Charles Mingus authored a pamphlet instructing readers on how to do what? A pamphlet. A pamphlet. So I guess this is a while back. Basically, a musician, the angry man of jazz, Charles Mingus, authored a pamphlet instructing readers on how to do what. And while you're writing those answers, here's some more information on Frank Hayes and Sweet Kiss. You, I love... What did you go for? September Rain. Was that a play on November Rain? I'm not sure where that came from. Yeah, actually, yeah. <sighs> And if I named a horse, I'd call it September Rain. And in that reality, Axel Rose was inspired by that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and wrote November yeah. Rain. Matt, I hate myself for asking this. No, I don't. <laughs> can, can you just say it one more time? <laughs> Nicknamed the Angry Man of Jazz, upright bassist, pianist, composer, and band leader Charles Mingus mm. authored a pamphlet instructing readers on how to do what. Yeah, great. Uh, while, while you're writing those answers, here's some more information on Frank Hayes and Sweet Kiss. According to Spectrum.com, after training horses for several years, Hayes was attempting to ride in only his second race. Oh. The lightly experienced jockey was probably quite nervous, as opposed to our mate Purvis. <laughs> Never nervous Purvis. <laughs> quite, per- quite nervous Purvis over here. He was nervous and intimidated probably, especially since this was taking place at the historic Belmont Park. His horse, Sweet Kiss, had never raced there before. To add to the chaos of the two-mile steeplechase event, Hayes needed to drop some serious weight in a hurry, trimming down from 142 pounds to 130 pounds to make weight for his ride. So Kirsty was right on that, right? 
path with the weight thing. As history tells it, Sweet Kiss and Hayes secured a good spot early in the journey and raced with the front runners for most of the event. As they swung around the far turn the final time, Hayes seemed relaxed on his mount. (laughs) But Sweet Kiss swerved out noticeably before the last of a dozen jumps. It was reported that some people thought Hayes was showboating as he rode with only one hand (laughs) and slumped over his mount as they crossed the wire for the win. Oh my gosh, he had one hand at the other hand on his heart or something, clutching his chest. The connections and track officials came to greet Hayes and Sweet Kiss, and as they approached the winning duo, the jockeys slid off the back of the horse and into the dirt. Oh, Showboating again. Yeah, yeah. Hayes had apparently died sometime during the running of the race, most probably of a heart attack, yet his body remained in the saddle throughout a series of jumps and a close finish. After the discovery of Hayes' death, track officials were reportedly perplexed about how to rule on the order of finish, and they only had a few minutes to make a decision. All post-race formalities were waived, and the race was declared official without the customary weigh-in. Sweet Kiss and Hayes had won their first race together, but unfortunately... Only one of the pair made it to the winner's circle. To this day, Frank... Which one? (laughs) (laughs) They banned the horse. (laughs) The uh, weekend at Burnie, Frank, for the winner's circle. said to the horse, you killed a man. You're going to jail. (laughs) So to this day, Frank Hayes is the only jockey to have ever won a race while deceased. (laughs) It's a fun fact or is that a grim fact maybe? Oh, that's fun and grim. As for Sweet Kiss, the horse never raced again, mostly because no jockey wanted to experience the same fate as Hayes, and the poor horse was forever known as the Sweet Kiss of Death. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Great name for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. The Sweet Kiss of Death. With Dave Warnicky and Kirsty Wiebeck. <laughs> <laughs> New episodes coming out next week. Sorry, mate. Is it okay if we plug it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. You'll yeah. put a link in the show notes. <laughs> So um, yeah, what a what a wild story. So they weren't sure whether to award him the win or not, but in the end they did, which I think is nice. You know, yeah. So, so he, it was a he, wow. he won in his final race. He he was buried a, a few days later in his racing silks. Oh, they didn't even bother changing him. <laughs> do you reckon? <laughs> or do you reckon they took? No, they would have taken them off and given him a jouge and Oh, he got some freshies. Yeah, they would have packed his ass and all the normal stuff. <laughs> all probably. the stuff for the open coffin. Uh, <laughs> Giving right. him a jouge, I think, is the technical. Yeah, I think that would yeah, yeah that's jouge. what they do. Do, do your best work, Undertaker. Give him a jouge. <laughs> Give him a jouge. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's question number six. Nicknamed the Angry Man of Jazz, upright bassist, pianist, composer, and band leader Charles Mingus, which is a fantastic name. Amazing. Authored a pamphlet instructing readers on how to do what? How to restring a bass when you don't have any bass strings. How to make a castle out of feathers. (laughs) How to be a good audience. How to train a cat to use the toilet. (laughs) Or how to cook a mean pumpkin soup. <laughs> what is a castle? Feathers? <laughs> <laughs> how, to ca- how to make a castle out of feathers? They're all hilarious. How to restring a bass when you don't have any bass strings? How to make a castle out of feathers? How to be a good audience? How to train a cat to use the toilet? Or how to cook a mean pumpkin soup? 
I mean, I'd read all of those pamphlets. I want to know all, all the, the answers. The beauty of a pamphlet as well is you can you could master one of these things in, what, a couple of pages? <laughs> yeah. Pamphlet's never more than a couple of pages or something, right? Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, yeah. what's the difference? When does it become a book, you know? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Three pages? <Yeah>. Four? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is a book? It's <laughs> mm, a beautiful question. <laughs> Dave, do you want to have a first stab at this one? Oh, okay, okay. So we've got the base, the feathers, the yep. cat... Good audience. How to be a good audience. The pumpkin soup. How to be a good audience. Gosh, I think we've all met a few people we wish had read that pamphlet. <laughs> I'm going to make that pamphlet for comedy audiences. <laughs> Stop preempting the punchline. <laughs> all right, what do you reckon, Dave? Oh. Any of those standing out? You got to, you've narrowed it down at all? Not really this Can you time. rule any out? Kirsty did well ruling a few out last time. What's it, I reckon there's a clue in his nickname. Oh, what would Charles Mingus's nickname be? Oh, wasn't there one? But oh, he was, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the question was so long, I couldn't even get back to the start of it. He's angry. The angry <laughs> man of jazz. The angry man of jazz. Is that man training your cat to use the toilet? Yeah, the angry man of jazz. Is he like, I'm sick of cats. <laughs> Whizzing everywhere. Yeah, I'm angry. Oh, Here's a pamphlet about it. it. Or is he is he the kind of guy who knows how to make a castle out of feathers? <laughs> or a mean pumpkin soup? He's angry. Yeah, it's a mean <laughs> pumpkin soup. Yeah, it's a mean pumpkin right, soup mean. from an angry man. How mean is it, man? Yeah. Um, I, I actually I think you've actually steered me well here. I'm gonna say the how to be a good audience. He's I think he's a performer, he's a band leader, he's leading the band here, now he wants to lead the audience. Right. He's like, you're not giving you're not giving them what we what we need. So this is how and he's just sort of yeah. Oh he yeah. retired him, so I'm an audience leader actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh very good locked in for Dave. How to be a good audience. Kirsty, what are you thinking? <sighs> um I'm erring on the side of that as well. Because if we're right, we'll really catch oh, up on the yeah, house here. Right. We'll Good. really catch up on the house. But it is a risk because if we're wrong, the house gets two points. Or yeah. potentially. <laughs> oh, no, that's the other way. Otherwise, you've both mm. guessed guess one of your answers. Unless Kirstie's doing the smart thing again of trying to convince me to lock in an answer I've already locked in. <laughs> <laughs> that is would there be anybody ridiculous. that you can trust in the room? <laughs> Dave, you've made an really excellent choice. To the bit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that would be a weird thing to do. <laughs> what about... What it, yeah, but so you, then, you're going good audience. Your other options, restring a base, castle of feathers, training a cat to use the toilet, or a mean pumpkin soup. Cook it, that is. How to cook a mean pumpkin soup. How to cook a mean pumpkin soup. I'm going to lock that one in. I've just got a gut feeling about it. Yeah. Okay. I love a pumpkin soup. But mean. I love a, cum- a, a cumpkin. <laughs> a cumpkin soup. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know what that is. I do not want to know. I, I am never soup. going over to Matt's for dinner. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting oh, a mean one. Yeah. It's, oh, it's quite a disrespectful yeah. one. I don't care how mean it is, buddy. It'll body shame you and then be disgusting. <laughs> a really mean pumpkin soup. Pumpkin. <laughs> oh. I didn't even hear the cum part in it until just now. Yeah, you said cumkin. Sorry, mate, you're done. (laughs) You're done, that's it. You're done. How did you miss the cum bit? That was the whole bit. (laughs) (laughs) Were you just like, oh, I said pumpkin. Oh, said it a bit funny. (laughs) But you cumkin. Cumkin. Righto, mate. All right, so... (laughs) 
How to restring a bass when you don't have any bass strings. That was written by the house. Boo. Boo. How to make a castle out of feathers. Also written by the house. We knew. So the house thinking. The house can't get any points this round. The house stinks. Yes. Uh, Sucked in. We teamed up against the house (laughs) finally. So which one do you want to hear next? Be a good audience. That was what Dave's uh, guess. That was Kirsty's. So one oh, point no, I really Kirstie. feel like I betrayed you. You did really spin it around there. You did try it. You're like, oh, I, that's I what I was. You. She was still she trying down. to. You'd already locked it in. She's still going. Yeah. Like, I'm so sneaky. I didn't realize I was so sneaky. <laughs> uh, how to cook a mean pumpkin soup, which Kirsty guessed. That was Dave's. <laughs> you we got feel each so other. Bad now. We stabbed each other in the back. Meaning the correct answer is how to train your cat to use the toilet. He was angry about cats no, whizzing everywhere. Stop pissing in my band room. Wow. So we? good. I'm, I'm looking forward to telling you the story. Uh, but that means that the scores are now Kirsty on two points, Dave on five points, and the house on five points. Oh, and there's one Ooh. question left. One Only question one to go. Left. It's time for me to have a comeback. <laughs> awesome pumpkin soup. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked. <laughs> Some mean pumpkin soup. So we're up to question number seven. The final question of the game. And this comes from Alexander Jones in New Zealand. And the question is, what is the synopsis for the 1992 film Careful? Single, t- single word, title, Careful. What is the synopsis for the 1992 film Careful? All right, and while you're writing those answers out, uh, here's some more information on Mingus's cat toilet training pamphlet, which was written about in the New York Times earlier this year. Sometimes at Charles Mingus's apartment, you would have to wait outside the bathroom as the cat finished using the toilet. The legendary jazz composer and bassist had grown tired of coming home to an overflowing litter box, so he devised a solution. And in 1954, he wrote it up on a single sheet of paper and began handing out copies. It soon became a pamphlet, which I guess is maybe two pieces of paper. It took Mingus three or four weeks to toilet train his cat, named Nightlife. His method, in a nutshell, and this is fantastic for listeners at home, you don't need the pamphlet, because I'm going to give you a step-by-step Uh, instruction now his method in a nutshell was to fill a shallow cardboard box with torn up newspaper instead of litter which can clog the pipes he placed the box far from the bathroom to start then began inching it closer do it gradually he wrote you've got to get them thinking (laughs) (laughs) step two (laughs) you've got to get them thinking step two was to start trimming down the brim of the box as he moved it Eventually, he affixed it atop the toilet with a string. Don't bug the cat now, he wrote. Don't rush him. The third step was to cut a plum-sized hole in the box. The cat came to expect the hole. At this point, you will realise that you have won, he wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Mingus then slipped the remaining cardboard under the toilet seat. Eventually, with a magician's flair... He disposed of it completely so that the cat was just using the toilet. Don't be surprised if you hear the toilet flush in the middle of the night. A cat will learn how to do it. Spurred on by his instinct to cover up, he wrote. So there you go. If you want to get your cat using the toilet, just use those three easy steps. you got to get it to think. Well, this is why I yell <laughs> so mathematical good. formulas at my cat all day. I'm like, Fergie. What's two times 36 divided by four? 
I'm just trying to get her to think so she doesn't wean the pot plant again. You've got to make them think. You've got to make them think. That's, is that what like the the first rule of, of cat ownership? Yeah. Do you think of it as cat ownership, Kirsty, or are you more like member of the family type owner? Oh, yeah, probably probably member of the family type owner, but just whatever she wants. <laughs> <laughs> whatever she wants to be known as. <laughs> I'm so scared of her that whatever her approach to our relationship is, I'll go with that. Yep. <laughs> Someone was telling me recently that cats don't, know that people are people they think that that you're cats is that true well yeah potentially or yeah there's something there they thought that was maybe that's why they bring you half dead yeah because they're trying to teach you how to hunt yeah and they're like this loser cannot hunt and they're bringing the mouse in and they're saying you've got to make them think yeah you yeah you've got to make them think but little does she know that i've just been to woolies and hunted (laughs) for a box of wheat bix and i'm actually fine you've hunted and (laughs) gathered all at once yeah Yeah. all at once things have been streamlined cats catch up (laughs) all right here is the final question are you ready yeah i'm ready for my huge what is the synopsis (laughs) for the 1992 film careful a convoy of trucks carrying gallons of nitroglycerine must cautiously make their way across rocky mountain terrain or cause death and destruction to those living in the valley below. Ooh. A group of hikers lose their way in Yellowstone Park. The only way out is to work out who to trust and more importantly, make sure to be careful. Oh, that's the title. Yes. Okay. A silent film about a town whose residents are under the constant threat of avalanches, which can be triggered by any loud noise, so much so that they even suppress their emotions as much as possible. (laughs) Why live there? (laughs) It feels like that's a great opportunity to move. Or has the filmmaker just gone, I don't have a budget for a sound tech. (laughs) Let's write a film around. (laughs) They they can't make noise even though they want to. All right. Audio guy hasn't shown up on day one. New film. (laughs) Uh, A little girl is terrified of the boogeyman who lives under her bed, only to discover that the boogeyman is terrified of her. (laughs) Careful. The house wrote that. The house wrote that big time. (laughs) I've I've heard there's a boogeyman or boogeyman in the house. (laughs) Or finally, a seven-year-old boy finds a magic crystal ball in the school's janitor closet. He is granted three wishes, but every wish comes with unexpected results. Do you want them one more time? Yes, guys. Yes, please. Jeez, that's a good variety of... They, they're five very different films. All I, I'd fund all of them in an instant. Yeah, I'd watch them all. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Oh, I like... You're so much more modest. I'm funding them. <laughs> you're just watching them. In my head, I'm some Hollywood heavyweight. <laughs> Matt's, is gre- Matt's green lining left on <laughs> Somebody who will enjoy a bucket of popcorn yeah. at the cinema on Sunday night. Oh, that sounds pretty good. You've, honestly, you've humbled me there, and I think obviously that's what I should have said. Why am I funding films? I'd fund them. We get it, Matt. You're wealthy. <laughs> yes, you're. You're a big wig. We get I've it. Got a Hollywood cash. <laughs> all right. So uh, the first. Uh, do you want me to read them all in full, please? A convoy of trucks carrying gallons of nitroglycerin must cautiously make their way across rocky mountain terrain or cause death and destruction to those living in the valley below. A group of hikers lose their way in Yellowstone Park. The only way out is to work out who to trust and, more importantly, to be careful. A silent film about a town whose residents are under the constant threat of avalanches, which can be triggered by any loud noise, 
So much so, they even suppress their emotions as much as possible. A little girl is terrified of the boogeyman who lives under her bed, only to discover <laughs> that the boogeyman is terrified of her. The boogeyman is the house. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, mate, we're all scared the of the boogeyman is coming from inside the house. <laughs> I'm terrified that the house is under my bed. <laughs> And finally, a seven-year-old boy finds a magic crystal ball in the school janitor's closet. He is granted three wishes, but every wish comes with unexpected results. Okay. Who's going first for uh, the final question? Is well, because you've each gone first three times each. Who, who wants to go first? Anyone feeling like jumping in? Look, no matter what I do, Kirsty will try and convince me to lock yours in. <laughs> yeah, you may as well. You may as well lock yours in first. Save us all the charade, although it doesn't necessarily. <laughs> save it does not stop the charade, which is so funny. The it's also, be, it's also become whatever Kirsty is leaning towards and is the one she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all, you're probably saving. It would be better for for you for Kirsty to go first. You go, okay, I'm putting a line through that one. Kirstie, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, you can well, talk about together. Um, I'm really leaning towards uh, numbers one through to five. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Okay. I mean, you'd watch them all. I'd yeah, watch as them long all. As I fund them. Luckily, my mate Matt's funding them, so I'll be able to make <laughs> that dream so a reality. Hmm. I, I'm leaning towards. I've got a fifty-fifty split going on in my little mind here, <laughs> yeah. and yes. I'm leaning towards either the truck. With the nitroglycerin. That sounds like a fun Steven Cigar movie, yes. Yeah, although also um, I don't know if nitroglycerin is a real thing. So, And also maybe that's common knowledge and if I lock that one in, I'm going to look like a real goose. <laughs> yeah. um, and also the even suppressing their emotions one. Right, fantastic. Yeah, I've got a 50-50 split you, going Dave? on with those. Do you want to talk it out? Um, I like both of those options. Yeah. You think you pick them between those two as well? Or you got no. any, any others you're throwing in? What was number two again? Number two was a group of hikers lose their oh, way hikers. in Yellowstone. Yes. No. Oh, gosh, it's so tricky this time. Yeah, there are. Like I think those so two were the ones, but they're also the movies that I'd like most to watch. So yeah. I'm not sure if yeah. that is actually what we should be, what yeah. we should be picking. So it was like a what was the one that had careful in it though? Because uh, I love doing that in a movie. A plot. group, a group of hikers lose their mm. way in Yellowstone Park. Yes, that's the only one with careful in it, isn't it? <laughs> and then there was Boogeyman. I, I watched the the film Nope recently, and they say it so much in the film. It's oh. it's, one, it's a great one for people who love hearing the name of the film in the film. But if that's your kink, like that's yeah. going to be your film. Normally there's a bigger build up to it though. Cause you know, it, if it was careful, it, it would be like, just remember we've all got to be. And then they turn the camera. Careful. 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 Is that the name? <laughs> <laughs> did, did the other two mention it? Boogeyman. No. No careful. And it was, was more implied, one? I think. And what was the last one? A uh, seven year old boy finds a magic crystal ball. Obviously he has to be careful which wishes he makes. The girl needs to be careful of this boogeyman, but the boogeyman is equally being careful of her. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the house, I mean the boogeyman. In, in the silent <laughs> film, they've got to uh, they've got to be careful of making any loud noises or emotions. And then we've got uh, the people in Yellowstone Park obviously have to be careful. <laughs> and then the convoy of trucks, they're being careful. Yeah. All right, Dave. This is this is make or break. It scores tied oh, no. here. I don't <laughs> know why I'm so stressed because I can't hey, make a comeback. Dave, I'll tell you what. Make your choice, but make sure you're careful. careful. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, Dave. 
What do you think you're going to see? I'm going to lock in truck convoy. Truck convoy. <sighs> truck convoy for Kirsty. Locked in. And that's the film that Dave would like to watch. Yes, I'd love to watch that. Well, luckily well, I'm Matt's funding it. <laughs> Matt's throwing the big bucks at <laughs> it, you so mean? you'll be fine. Well, you've got the big, the big dogs, <laughs> Stephen Seagal. <laughs> Um, I heard a story, I don't know if this is true or not, but I just saw someone tweet it as a throwaway. But there's a story that um, someone uh, knocked on Seagal's door for, for a meeting or something and he was weeping. <laughs> and, and he goes, I've just read the most beautiful script ever. And the person goes, oh, whose script is it? And he goes, mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's me every year after I've written my comedy festival show. I've just read the funniest show ever. <laughs> Whose was it? Mine. <laughs> <laughs> I was, Please buy tickets at this link. <laughs> I've been yeah, at the studio the other day. I was editing the first episode of this show and I was pissing myself laughing. Someone walked in and said, oh, what are you listening to? I said, oh, my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to be fair, I wasn't laughing at something I'd said. Yeah. I think Saran had just said something funny. That's all. Okay. <laughs> all right, David, it's down to you. This is the last one to lock in. This is, this is so big. tricky. This is I feel big. it's nitroglycerin or it's avalanche, and I'm thinking, was Kirsty trying to get me to lock in avalanche? Was she bluffing you? She double bluffing she you? Bluffing? I'm in his head now. You are in my head. I'm the boogeyman under Dave's bed. Let's roll that dice. I want to see this avalanche. Silent film, love it. And you, avalanche. Because we're we're not in the we're in the stupid old studio's green room, which isn't sound treated. So when you said that, I feel like there was a bit of an echo. Yeah, it almost felt like uh, there was an You might have kicked off a little avalanche there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did. All right, let's go through the answers. Uh, firstly, was Kirsty right about the little girl being terrified of the boogeyman being written by the house? Yes, she was. Yes. <laughs> Well done. Uh, if I know anything, it's uh, the brain of the house. I believe both of the, the both of the house answers here were written uh, by Alexander Jones. I think well, sometimes people write them so well that I'm like, uh, it's a bit unfair that you know the they've had so long to write these brilliant movie synopsis, so I have to like make them sound a bit crapper. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I did to uh, some of Alexander's work, and I apologise because Alexander, you're like, well, he's butchered me there. <laughs> But I think it's unfair if he comes in with it. It's like, well, we're picking that because that sounds like... You know what I mean? Anyway, whatever. I'm over-explaining. Um, <laughs> a seven-year-old boy finds a magic crystal ball. That was written by Dave. I'd love ah, to watch that film. That's right. Careful I'd love what to you watch wish that for. Too. That's what I was thinking. That was good stuff. Yeah, I love that one too. And Matt's funding it, so I can't wait to see it on yeah, the big great. screen soon. Enjoy. Like the janitor's closet. Why is there a crystal ball in there? <laughs> a group of hikers losing their way in Yellowstone Park. That was written by Kirsty. Oh, so Dave- you, haven't, you haven't convinced me. <laughs> It's so, 50 50 here, is it? Yeah, and I think you both said straight off the bat these were the two you were split up between, weren't they? These, these both appealed to us. And you were correct. So, a convoy of trucks carrying gallons of nitroglycerine was written by Alexander in the house, meaning oh! the silent film was correct. <laughs> Thank you, mate. But that means the house doesn't win, right? The house didn't win. I we teamed up against the house. Yes. That means the final scores are Kirsty on two. Shh, 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 well done. Shh, well done. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah, Dave on six and the house on six. It's a draw. No, the first no, ever no, draw. No, it's not. That, isn't it? No, it's not. No, why not? It's six plus two for Dave. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's Dave and Kirsty <laughs> have beaten the house. Team DK. Yeah. DK in the house. Yes. We beat the house. Eight points to six. Well done. 
Yes. So next time you're on, you'll be the carryover champ. Thank Oy. you. We both will be. You're like, you were Nostradamus at the top of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stoked. A quick little bit of info about the film Careful. Um, as suggested by Alexander Jones, according to wikipedia.org, Careful was directed by Guy Madden. It was his third feature film and his first colour film. It was shot on 16mm on a budget of only $1.1 million. See, that's that's the kind of, that's why I can fund it. <laughs> it's because yeah, only $1.1 million. So, $1.1 million is pocket change yeah, to exactly. Matt Stewart. So okay. those five films, I'd, all I need is five and a half mil. All yeah. right, I'll go get my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Uh, it premiered at the New York Film Festival, and although it was not a commercial success elsewhere, it single-handedly saved a struggling art house cinema in Missoula, Montana, where sellout crowds had filled the house twice every night for two weeks. Wow, and it saved the cinema. Yeah, some, I guess, smallish place in Montana. It saved a cinema. Isn't that fun? Wow. All right. So, yeah, final score check. Dave and Kirsty. As a team, on eight. The yes. house on six. Yes. Cop that house. To the Victor goes the spoils. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you queasel-headed parrots. <laughs> uh, so, Kirsty, thanks so much for joining us. Is there anything you've got coming up? Where can people find you if they would like to? And I assume they would like to. <laughs> I, yeah, I assume they'd love to. I'm a delight. Uh, <laughs> I am on all social media platforms at Kirsty Wiebeck. Um, I have a little mailing list as well on my website, kirstiewiebeck.com forward slash shows and um, that little mailing list. Uh, there's no spam, but very soon there'll be an announcement about my new national tour if you are in Australia. Uh, but yeah, otherwise see you on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Exciting. Yeah. Are you, have you got a, Have you released the name of your show yet? I'm still trying to figure mine out at the moment. Well, yeah, I haven't released it yet. Right. I I literally locked in yesterday. Just cool. whisper it into the microphone because I can hear it through my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Dave, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me every week on the Do Go On podcast with you, Matt. Oh, what a great podcast that is. Kirsty was on an episode not too long ago. I Absolutely. love that podcast. One of the best episodes ever. And I also do the Book Cheat podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to tell you about a classic episode, a classic book, I should say, and recent episodes. <laughs> Imagine the podcast is now. <laughs> it just keeps just going over. <laughs> Remember episode one? <laughs> and you're shortening it down. So eventually it's just two minute long episodes. <laughs> what I meant to say was you've both been on uh, episodes recently. So thank you very much for that. So uh, if you want to hear, hear more of our voices, you can check out, yeah, Book Cheat and all the podcast apps awesome i'll try and link to all that stuff in the show notes thanks so much for listening everyone as we're a new show it'd be great if you could help get the word out there please give us a five-star review and tell your friends if you think you know anyone who might enjoy it and i mean let's be honest that's pretty much everybody everybody (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't have a sign off yet i thought i'd try this one out uh this has been who knew it with matt stewart and now that you know it i guess i'm matt stewart Loves it. (laughs) 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.